Hello and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond, and I'm glad you're listening today. I believe this is a divine appointment with the Word of God for you. Be blessed as the Holy Spirit gives you new revelation knowledge of His Word. It's a blessing to know where you're listening from. Send an email to mailbag at victorybriefings.net, or you can post a comment in the mailbag at the bottom of the show notes on our webpage. I may mention your comments in the mailbag section of the podcast. Today's message is Inspiration and Authority of Scripture, Part 2. Praise God, it's good to get together again. We're talking about Inspiration and Authority of Scripture. Our um, foundation scripture is 2 Timothy 3.16, And it goes like this, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We're focusing on the Scripture being inspired by God. We learned last time that the word inspired comes from the two Greek words theos, meaning God, and the other Greek word pineo, meaning to breathe. So inspired means God's breath or God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. It's the very life and word of God. We learn that all believers must maintain a strong uncompromising view of the holy scriptures as inspired and authoritative. Without a strong view of the Bible, without a strong belief of scripture, the church has no true or sure foundation for its faith, no certainty, no moral absolutes, and they don't have a message to preach without doubt. It's time to get back in the Bible. It's time to be Bible-believing Christians. The writers of the Old Testament were conscious of the fact that what they said to the people and wrote down was God's word to them. You can see this in Deuteronomy 18.18 and 2 Samuel 23.2. Over and over, the prophets in the Old Testament introduced their statements with, Thus saith the Lord, as if to say, This is God talking now, not me. Well, instead of saying, Thus saith the Lord, Jesus said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. In John seven sixteen, he went on to say in John eight twenty six that he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Jesus taught that Scripture was the inspired Word of God, even down to the smallest detail. Let's take a look at Matthew 5.18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. A jot is the smallest letter in the original languages. A yod in Hebrew, and in Greek, it would be the the letter iota. A tittle is a tiny mark used to distinguish certain Hebrew letters. An example would be in English, the dot of an I. Without the dot, it could be a number one, or a lowercase l. One mark can change the meaning of a paragraph. There's no doubt or changing of God's word. The spacings are really important, too. I remember in a Bible college class, the instructor came in and wrote on the board, God is nowhere. 
in capital letters. And it got the attention of all the students. And then he took his pen and put a slash mark between the W and the H. And then he said, here's where the space should be. God is now here. That's what it said then. So we we need to realize that every little mark and every space in between the letters has so much to do with what a paragraph or a story has told. Even the spacing between letters are inspired by God. Jesus also promised revelation would come through the spirit of truth. In John 14, verses 16 and 17, he said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. While God breathed, or God inspired by his spirit, the words, he worked with the personalities of the writers, moved upon them in such a way that they wrote without error. Let's read 1 Corinthians 2.14. It says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. It takes revelation of God's word to have spiritual growth. And there's three spiritual categories of people concerning receiving the revelation of the word of God. The natural man, unsaved and devoid of the spirit, has no regard for the gospel, governed by his own natural human powers and not by the spirit of God. That's the lost soul. The second spiritual category of people. The spiritual man, saved and is spiritually mature, free from denominational strife. Free from denominational strife, yeah, it's in the Bible. I've put this all in context. You have to go down to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Paul says, I couldn't even speak to you people as spiritual, but as carnal, babes in Christ. He said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal? Verse 4, For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Well, we say, well, I'm a Baptist or I'm a Pentecostal or whatever, you know. My Hebrew teacher in Bible college said that one of the signs of a a mature Christian is that he can go in any synagogue or any church setting and worship God. That's, That's saying quite a bit. A lot of people are looking around to see what the other people are thinking and they're worried about where they're at. Well, a spiritual person is not in denominational strife praise god free from denominational strife spiritual people naturally respond to truth and unbelievers think they are weird unbelievers think i'm weird do they think you're weird or are you a carnal person the third person the third group of people here is they're saved a carnal man is saved but living like the unsaved and with childish ways. He is sensual, believing what is seen. An immature Christian 
trusting human opinion more than the Bible. The Word of God is a spiritual book written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's not written to the head, but the innermost part of the heart. This is why people have a hard time understanding the Bible. They're trying to comprehend it using only their minds. But the Word of God has to inspire our hearts before it can enlighten our heads. I hope you're subscribed and will make it a part of your ministry to share this message with others. Until next time, God bless you, my friend. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net. Mm-hmm.